Hey everyone, what's up? It's Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival. Welcome to podcast episode number 227. Now, as I always say, it is better to learn from other people's mistakes rather than finding out the hard way yourself. So, for this week's podcast episode, I wanted to share with you a home invasion story from an unexpected source and nine quick lessons that you should take away from it to better prepare your own home defense plan and set you up to survive. Now, it's all coming up next, but don't forget to grab this week's free show notes for this episode, including a full transcription and a handy-dandy one-page cheat sheet covering all the main points. All you need to do is head on over to www.mcsmagazine.com slash 227 and download it all absolutely free. And now, let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Hey there, welcome back. It's Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine and executive director of the New World Patriot Alliance with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And if you're a member of the NRA and you received last month's issue of America's First Freedom Magazine, you probably saw an article in there detailing how Richard Childress and his wife repelled a home invasion by three attackers. Now, I, I love these kinds of stories because it really gives us a chance to kind of armchair quarterback and, and learn from things that were done right as well as avoid the things that were done wrong. So what I want to do is go ahead and give you the story real quick, and then we can dissect it because there really are some good lessons in here for you. So first, to introduce you to who we're talking about here, Richard Childress is the vice president and co-chair of the NRA's Hunter Leadership Forum. And that's kind of interesting as it is right there because you would think that somebody within the NRA would be not just an avid gun, you know, just a, a dedicated gun owner, but also really have it all figured out and 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 really have it together when it comes to personal protection, right? That's why I found this story to be really kind of intriguing in some of the things that were done here. I actually, at the very end, I'll go over my very last tip is is kind of a little bit of a, uh, I've got some problems with the NRA sometimes, right? And uh, there's the final lesson that I have here, I think really just brings it all home and why we need to really think outside the box and outside of just where, you know, where our information is packaged from. Um, but for those of you that maybe follow the, the NRA and who's in leadership positions, you might know Richard. But mo if you're into NASCAR, you probably know him better because he's a Hall of Famer in, in, in NASCAR with over 200 wins and 15 championships under his belt. So he's, look, he's done really well for himself and he has this Really big home. This is state in North Carolina, and it's in a small town in North Carolina where he and his wife live. And he's no stranger to firearms. I mean, he's hunted all of his life uh, from the time he was just a, a young kid, but had recently started to carry his Smith and Wesson 40 caliber concealed, and even started carrying it at home. In fact, a week before the attack that I'm going to tell you about, Richard's wife had asked him why he was carrying his pistol even in the house. And his response back to her made a lot of sense, right? Like this time of year, which this was during the Christmas season, um, people do crazy things and you just don't know what people are going to do or try to do. So that was his response to his wife. And he continued to carry his 40 caliber in, in the home. Well, as it would happen on one Sunday evening, right after he had been asked that by his wife and, and replied to her, Richard and his wife were both in bed. They were in bed by about 2 p.m. or I'm sorry, 10 p.m. Uh, they had turned on the home's alarm system, and Richard had put his 40 cal 
on a table in the couple's dressing room. But what they didn't realize is that there were three men dressed in black, wearing masks, who had climbed over their property fence, had broken a security camera, and they were hiding out on the property, waiting until the com- uh, th- until they had gone to bed. And then they started looking for a way to get into the home. And this was not a random hit for these guys. This was really planned out. They had they had everything. They had the GPS coordinates for the home. They had even attempted to hack into the alarm system to disable it. They had brought things to be able to tie up um, him and his wife. They were they were armed. They they even knew how to get Richard and his wife's security dog to stop barking. They had two rifles. They had a shotgun with them. They were coming, as as Richard put it, they came to do bad things to my wife and me, right? And it's very obvious when they bring those kinds of things, and, and it, was th- it was this thought out. Now, the three men decided to break through a basement door, and ultimately this noise is what woke Richard up out of his sleep. And he looked out the window, and he saw these guys trying to break through the door. And... What's kind of funny here is that his at first when he told his wife that someone was trying to break in, she told him to go back to sleep, which is which I think is probably pretty funny because it's usually the other way around, right? It's like, honey, I hear a noise. Like, ah, just just go back to sleep. Fortunately, instead, he took action. He immediately armed himself, and he was well armed. I mean, he had his 40 caliber handgun in the dressing room. He had two handguns in his bedside table. He had an AR-15 at the door. So, again, this was a person who knew firearms, had firearms, and had them ready to go. But he was still groggy from being woken up out of his deep sleep. So instead of grabbing the closest weapon that he had, he made a beeline straight to his 40 cal Smith & Wesson inside of the dressing room out, um, near his, in his bedroom. Now, the attackers were still outside. They were looking for an easier way in. So Richard ran out the back door and around the corner of the house where he had seen them last. And by that time, the three guys had retreated about 50 yards or so away. No one really knows if they were giving up or just regrouping to figure out what to do next or whatever. But Richard just unloaded the entire magazine in their direction because, as he put it, he didn't know if they were going to come back and break into the house, start shooting back or whatever. Now, after he unloaded the entire magazine, he ran back into the house, ran back up to his bedroom. He grabbed the 45 that he had stashed in his bedside table, and he went back out the front door to confront the home invaders again. Now, this time he didn't see them at all, so he just shot two warning shots up in the air, and he kept four rounds back in the magazine in reserve just in case. So then Richard ran back into his home, and he and his wife called the police, who, since they're in a small town, were a good 22 minutes away before they were able to show up. And by then, the criminals were gone. But the, fortunately, the children's security camera had caught the three men on the property on camera, and it was a really good starting point for finding them, which they were found. They were found several days later when they, they tried to pawn some stolen firearms that they had and some other goods that they um, that they had. And, uh, and the pawn shop owner... Their description fit what the people were looking for, called them in, and they were taken off into custody, and they were they were charged. Now, so the story does fortunately have a happy ending. And not only were all three of the men ultimately convicted, and they're now serving sentences, but of course the best part is that Richard and his wife were alive and unharmed. And when you really look at their experience, luck had a lot to do with this happy ending. And the lessons that you need to learn from this incident are coming right up, right after this special message. What if everything you knew about how to stop a violent attacker with your gun was wrong? 
Discover the advanced tactics you must know now to protect yourself and those you love with a firearm. Check out our free book, Stopping Power Secrets. Inside, you'll find such no-hold-barred shockers as 1. The three most common myths and misinformation shoveled out by movies and gun range know-it-alls that could get you killed in a real-life gunfight. 2. The cold, hard truth about your personal weapon's ability to be a one-shot man-stopper. 3. What coroners know about selecting the right ammo for your firearm that you don't. 4. And the simple training trick used by Abrams tank crews and commercial airline pilots that will prepare you for a real attack even better than your best day at the range don't place your family safety in the hands of hollywood fairy tales and hearsay claim your free copy of stopping power secrets now, now. at www.stoppingpowersecrets.com and now back to the show okay welcome back uh now listen as some of you may know if you've been listening to our podcast for a while i sometimes have a beef with the nra and, and just so you know, I'm a lifetime member of the NRA, and our company, my company, is a member of the NRA's Business Alliance. We've been a proud member of that for, for several years. Now, here's, here's the thing. As I've come to expect, the NRA's lessons learned from the article that they published in, in their own magazine are all about how great it is that we live in a country where fine, upstanding folks have, that, have the freedom to own a firearm in order to be able to protect themselves. So, so the article was a lot of rah-rah liberal tree huggers suck that you know that it was that kind of rhetoric and and really nothing about how people should be protecting themselves but that's what we're for all right so i have nine critical lessons that i want to share with you so that you can be better prepared than childress and his wife if you're ever faced with the threat of a violent home invasion all right so let's go ahead and dig into these now starting with what childress did right because there were some things he did right number one he had an alarm system and he had cameras now, I've, I've sometimes talked about uh, on the, the podcast when it comes to like home defense or really any kind of defense, the military axiom that we've always used, detect, delay, and defend. Like you detect a threat, find a way to delay them to be able to respond, and then defend where you have to, right? And that starts with detect. And that's what alarm systems and cameras allow you to do. Now, not only does that give you the reaction time that you need, because if you can, I mean, look, you, you don't want to... You don't want to find out they're home invaders when they're right at your bedroom door, right at, right next to your bed, right, with a with a shotgun pointed in your face. So you need to be able to detect as quickly as you possibly can. That's what an alarm system does, right? That's what an alarm system does. But not only does it give you that erection time, but with because he had cameras, he never would have been able to identify these attackers without the CCTV cameras that he had. So they may have always been wondering if those guys were still out there. Were they ever going to come back? I mean... Having a home invasion, having any sort of attack like this can be very traumatic emotionally for your entire family. So fortunately, I mean, even I mean, he didn't he didn't know what these guys looked like because it was dark outside. I mean, it was, it was late at night. These guys were all dressed in black. Um, but the cameras are what allowed them to be able to say, yes, these were the guys they were able to catch them there. OK, so you need to make sure that you do have an alarm system. Cameras now are so inexpensive. They are wireless now. You don't have to be all wired up for it and everything. Um, there's a lot that you can do there with with wireless cameras very, very inexpensively. And it's always good to be able to record that, not just be able to uh, detect something early, but also be able to use it as evidence later on. OK, uh, uh, lesson number two here in what he did right also was that uh, Richard carried his weapon at home. Now, 
a recent survey that I've told people about found that 47% of those people who are licensed concealed carry gun owners only carry occasionally or not at all. That's almost half. Almost half of people who are licensed to conceal a gun in public barely ever even carry their weapon. And a few of the reasons stated were, I only carry when I think I need to, and our neighborhood is more secure than most. Now, small, I live in, I live in a small town in, in Texas, and it's a very safe, uh, town. I mean, we all, you know, we, it's, it's a town where you, you, you meet people at the local grocery store that you know. You get, it's like hard to get out of the grocery store because you know so many people and you get into so many conversations. Same thing with Richard Childress and his wife. They live in a small North Carolina town. It was very nice. They have a, they have a very nice home. You know, so it's very easy to think, well, we're, we're safe. We have, we have cameras. We have uh, an alarm system. We've got fencing. We have a security dog. They have all these things in place. It would be very, very easy to say, well, I don't, you know, I can just keep my weapon up in its safe or whatever because, I mean, who's gonna, who's gonna break through any of these defenses, right? Well, as we see, all defenses can be, they can be overwhelmed. They can be hacked. They can, there's lots of things that can go wrong there. So having a weapon and carrying a weapon everywhere is part of the concealed carry lifestyle. Okay, so even if you don't have a concealed carry license, you can still carry your weapon within your home on your belt or wherever you want to carry it for for concealment purposes. Um, But you can still carry it home. So, listen, this is a lifestyle. You never know when you're going to be attacked. Right. The, the, The criminals always have the upper hand because they're the ones who are looking for a victim. And when they find someone, you still have to go through that whole process of 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 detecting a threat trying to orient yourself. I mean, there's there's all those things that you have to go through when you're surprised with an ambush. The criminals always have that upper hand. So you need to be prepared all the time. That means carrying even when you're at home. All right. Lesson number three here was to really trust your gut. Um, listen, it was, it was 10 o'clock at night. He and his, or actually it was after 10 o'clock at night. They were, they were in bed about 10 o'clock, but they were in a dead sleep when all of a sudden Richard heard a noise. That's it, a noise. Now, I'm sure you've woken up in the middle of the night. There's lots of noises that happen in the house. And again, it's really easy for, you know, his, his wife tried to tell him to go back to sleep, but he heard a noise. He investigated it and he saw three men trying to break in. And it's real easy to just think, well, I'm sure it's nothing and just go back to sleep. Or if your spouse, in this case, your spouse says, honey, I hear, I heard a noise. Don't just immediately say, oh, I'm sure it's just your imagination and go back to sleep. Trust your gut. It's better to trust your gut and be able to go and investigate something and just make sure it is what it is, um, rather than just going back to sleep and finding out it really is what you, what you didn't think it was. And now you're in a world of hurt. All right. So always trust your gut. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't do any harm just to go and investigate the right way, right? The right way. And we'll get into that here more a little bit too. All right. Okay. Lesson number four here is to know your rules of engagement. Now, Richard knew his rules of engagement. He wasn't charged with any crime because he lives in a state that has a castle, castle doctrine law in place. So does your state have castle doctor, castle doctrine law in place? Okay. Do you even understand what castle doctrine is? Do you under even understand what the implications are of castle doctrine? I can tell you it's one of the most misunderstood pract- or laws out there, and it, and it really can just be very specific to where you live. So you've got to be very knowledgeable about what you can do. When can you shoot and when can't you shoot? 
don't think that you know. I mean, there's a real big difference here between the mindset of a hunter, which is Richard Childress was a hunter. Okay, that that was his upbringing. That was that was his role within the uh, within the NRA. So he was a, he was an avid hunter and he knew guns and he had guns. But there's a big difference between the mindset of a hunter, a soldier, a police officer, the average gun carrying Joe and Jane out there. The rules of engagement are different for all of those people, right? So treating a threat like you're a soldier may not stand up in court, even with a castle doctrine law in place. So you just have, you have to really know what your rules of engagement are, what the legal ramifications are for your actions, because you are responsible for every round that comes out of that gun. Okay. So know your rules of engagement. So all of this leads me to some of the things that children could have done better. All right. Some of, and, and here are some of the lessons. Uh, based on what happened before the actual attack, all right? So we're on tip number number five here, really, um, which is to have all of your weapons staged and ready to go, all right? So if it, right now, the way, or, or when, when Childress, when he noticed that there was an attack, he had a 40 caliber in his dressing room. He had two uh, handguns in his bedside table and next to a door, it doesn't say which door, but there was, he had an AR-15 next to, next to a door, so what did he do? He woke up and he went and grabbed the 40 cal inside of the dressing room. Most likely it was because that was his concealed carry weapon and he remembers taking it off. I mean, that was the last thing he did before he went to bed. So he knew where it was. It was the last thing he went and, and went to it. Now, he would have been better prepared for that startled wake up out of a dead sleep if he really had his one weapon that he was going to use for nighttime home invasion, and he had it staged and ready to go. So you need to be able to choose your weapon, you need to have it ready, and you do the same thing every night. So you're not wandering around looking for it like it's your lost key somewhere. Where did I put my gun? Which gun should I use? Now, I have an admission here because I learned this lesson the hard way myself, all right? So um, listen, I, I, I live out in the country and, uh, in Texas, as I said, and my office is on my property and I still get up super early in the morning. I usually get up about 4.30 in the morning. It's typically very dark outside. And usually I carry my weapon. As soon as I get out of bed, I, I put it on, walk over to my office because I never know what critters are running around here. We've, we've got, we have hogs out here. We have, uh, mountain lions, we have coyotes, we've got, uh, we have all, all kinds of critters out here. So I never know what I'm going to need by weapon, but I didn't have it one morning. I went outside and I started to go up the, uh, the stairs to, on my, on my property to go over to my office. And I looked down and I, and I thought my son had left a towel on, you know, a, a towel from the pool onto the stairs. And so I reached down to go pick it up and I'll be damned if that towel didn't coil up and start rattling. And it was about, I would say about a three and a half, four foot long, gigantic freaking rattlesnake. This thing was super, it, it looked like it was the size of my thigh. That was probably just, you know, I'm probably still tired or whatever, but it was, it was a big ass snake. All right. And of course I didn't have my handgun on me. So I run back into the house, hoping that that, that snake is going to stay right there. I run back in. I didn't remember where I had left my, uh, my weapon. So I went in and I was going to go grab my, uh, my, was still, my, my wife is still in bed asleep. I was going to go grab my AR-15. It was in my safe and I couldn't get into my safe. It was all dark. My wife didn't want me to turn the lights on and everything. So I'm wandering around. Where the hell is my gun? Where's my other gun? Where's my, I finally found my gun. I went outside and it was, the snake was all gone. So I wasn't prepared. Now, 
I learned a lesson that right there with the same lesson I just gave you. Have your weapons staged, ready to go at a moment's notice because when you're startled, when you wake up, when you need it, it needs to be there for you. All right. So I learned my lesson that time. Learn from my mistakes as well. All right. Okay. Tip number six here is to have a home defense plan with a capital P. Richard Childress didn't have a home defense plan. He had an alarm system. He had guns, but he had no plan. Now, listen, when there is a home invasion, especially if somebody is inside of your home and they're already ambushing you, there's going to be chaos. There, your adrenaline is going to be surging. You are going to be in a state of trying to figure out what the hell is going on and what you're going to do to respond. So you need a very simple response plan that you can follow even if you are groggy and surprised. Okay, so if you don't personally have a home defense plan, and just owning a gun is not a home defense plan. If you don't have a plan for what you're going to do when an attack happens, then you don't know what you're going to do. You need something that is very simple that you can follow, something like, you know, you need to have your safe room in place. I'll be talking more about that at the very end here, okay? Some other resources that you can have available to you here. So make sure you have a plan. Okay, and part of that plan brings us to number seven here, which is to create layers within your home to give you time to react, all right? So the 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 um <clears throat> the good measure that 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 Richard had in place here allowed him to detect the the threat before they got into the house. They were trying to break down a door. He heard the noise. He got up. His alarm system wasn't um you know wasn't wasn't helping him out there. Right? They had broken into a window uh, before they had, were trying to break down the door. The window didn't have a sensor on it. So there are those kind of factors that you need to take into account that they might not you know you might not. Um, have the best perimeter defense system there to be able to detect a threat. But you need to make sure that you're looking at your home with layers, okay? Now, I did another podcast episode on this. I'll go ahead and put a link to it in the resources section here. But um, you need to look at your home with uh, from from that standpoint of, of that detect and deter and then uh, delay and defend. You'd be able to do all that within your home looking at layers, okay? So, Lock your doors and windows, even when you're at home, okay? Because, listen, if you're at home and you think it's safe during the day, you're just putzing around the house and everything. Well, somebody can just come in, come right through your front door. There's, If it's not locked, they can just come straight in or come in the back door. And this is the biggest thing that I think the the, the hardest thing to get across to people is that they, they might have all these alarm systems. If you have an alarm system, it's because you know that there's a possibility of a threat, so make sure that you're doing everything that you can when your alarm system isn't set by by making sure all of your windows and your doors are locked, okay? Um, lock the doors and windows. Have a way to answer the door without opening it. And at night, keep your bedroom door locked, all right? This is something I, list, I, I actually learned from one of our listeners a long, long, long time ago. He gave a really, I mean, I had never really thought of it, but even if somebody does get in your home, when they if they get to your bedroom door and you're still fast asleep because you didn't hear them, um, until they're right there at your door, then them trying to get through the door and be able to open it up uh, with the handle that might that might wake you up. Um, don't use just the regular screws that come with the hinges. Like make sure that your bedroom door is fortified. It should shouldn't be a hollow core door. It should be a solid solid door. You should have two and a half three inch screws that you put into the frame. Uh, with the hinges there so that it can't be easily broken off the frame if somebody's trying to break through that door. 
that at night for a home time invade home uh, for a nighttime invasion is going to be one of your best barriers that you're going to have because that is going to really give you that's your fail safe right there to be able to be able to react in time and, and get into the fight there okay so make sure that you do have that and you have uh, and you are able to respond even out of a dead sleep okay all right tip number eight is to maximize your ammunition now. When Richard went out there the first time, he went out to go confront the attackers. Uh, he, he, adrenaline was going. There's three armed guys out there. He's just got a handgun. They have long guns. They have shotgun. They're, they outnumber him. They outarm him. So in fear, he went out there and he unloaded an entire magazine into thin air. Right? He just spray and pray. And then he had another two bullets from his second weapon. Now, those three armed criminals could have decided to shoot back at him after those first wild shots that he unloaded. In which case, he'd have been, he'd have been outside, outnumbered, outgunned, and no ammo left to fight back. So, that's not maximizing your ammunition. I'll tell you, anybody that's out there that's a combat veteran, I mean, anytime we're in combat, your ammunition is like, that might be all you have. You don't want to be out in the middle of the battlefield and all of a sudden it's like, you pull the trigger and that's the last round you have and now you're just hunkered down in the middle of a, of a battle zone. That's not where you want to be. So you need to maximize your ammunition. Now, as, as, um, Richard later said in his interview, his AR would have been a better choice than grabbing his 40 cal or even the four, you know, and the 45 that he had next to his bedside table. So the AR, the AR 15 that he had would have been a better choice. One, it's more accurate. He's going, I mean, if he's going to get in a shootout, he's going to be far more accurate with an AR than he would have been with, with his handgun. Plus, you know, he has 30 round magazine in there. Let's just call it a 30 round magazine. So he's going to have more rounds, he's going to be more accurate, and he's going to have better stopping power with the AR than he would with his handguns, all right? So in a much better position to have the right weapon um, for for the job. And as if you've listened to other podcasts that I've done here, you know the AR-15 is my weapon of choice when it comes to home defense. I've done a whole podcast on that. Um, I'll go ahead and put a, a link to that one as well, uh, back to that old podcast in the resources in the uh, in the in the notes on the blog post for this episode, okay. Um, now, even if he didn't have the AR, if when he goes when you go outside, an extra magazine should be part of your everyday carry gear as well as your home defense plan. So, if it, if you are relying on a, especially if you're relying on a pistol for home defense, you want to make sure that you do have an extra magazine or magazines that you have available if you do have to fight, okay? Because those rounds can go very, very quickly, especially when the adrenaline's going and you're in fear for your life. As Richard found, he just like just kept pulling that trigger into thin air, all right? Maximize your ammunition. Okay, the final tip that I have here um, is really kind of like the ultimate lesson here um, because, look, Richard and his wife only called the police after he had already grabbed one gun, went outside, shot off the entire magazine, ran back inside, grabbed another gun, went back outside, shot off two more rounds, and then ran back to the bedroom again with his wife. They called the police from there. Okay. Now, fortunately, North Carolina put in place a castle doctrine law that didn't require children to have the duty to retreat in order to legally defend themselves. And actually, a lot of the NRA article focused in on this wonderful fact because in another state without castle doctrine protection, Richard shots may have been an illegal act since he would have had to show that he did everything he could to not pull the trigger and that he, he tried to retreat 
but he was forced to defend himself. Well, in this case, he wasn't forced to defend himself. He went out there and started shooting. Okay. Now, again, this, this is where I had to be for the NRA because they were all about how wonderful castle doctrine law is. Well, this is where my biggest frustration with the NRA is because they spend so much energy on cheering on the law to my fellow members that they blow right past the real lesson, which is what I refer to as the spandex doctrine, which states just because you can wear spandex doesn't mean you should wear spandex. All right. So, yes, I could prance around town in my skin tight spandex leotards with my little marble bag showing. <laughs> but I'm going to guess this probably isn't something that you want to see. Right. Even though I just burned this image into your brain, it's probably not something you want to see. It's not something that my local townsfolk not want to see. It's nothing that I want to see. In fact, the right move for Richard and his wife would have been just to retreat to another room and call the police. So he trusted his gut. He got up. There's three armed men outside. Call the police. Go back into the dressing room if, if that's where your weapon is, if that's your safe room. Again, have a, having a home defense plan means having a safe room available for you, right? So you retreat to the safe room with your spouse or whoever's in your family um, and then call the police from there. And then wait there until the police arrive. Have the doors locked, so bedroom door locked, dressing room door locked, whatever, however it would have been situated here, but let the police show up. Now, if, they, if they'd done that, they may, be, they may have even caught the home invaders right there on the property before they did any other harm to anyone else. So it, they could have left that property and gone and broken into somebody else's house that wasn't as prepared as Richard was. He could have, they could have killed somebody. They could have, you know, and... So if you can catch them right there, then let them be caught. But let the police do their job. All right. So when you look at all the things that could have gone wrong here, Richard and his wife are pretty damn lucky. And I and I never advise relying on luck to help you survive a home invasion. OK, so so all of the things that, that he did wrong there, any one of those could have been real trouble for for he and his wife. He could have been easily shot. He could have easily been ambushed in the dark. He didn't know where these people were. The list goes on and on. We just went all over the things that, that, that could have been done, um, could have been much better there, okay? So think about your own home defense plan and learn from Richard and his wife's experience and, and really fine-tune your own, your own plan there. I'd also advise you to take a look at our Extreme Home Defense Tactics Guide, which is over at www.homedefensetactics.com because we cover a lot of additional training and advice in there, and it's very... When I say extreme, it is pretty extreme because I look at home and I mean, home invaders are a totally different kind of criminal. They are not your typical burglar home invaders, especially. I mean, look, these guys were coming in at night. They were going to take them hostage. There's no telling what they would have done. It's not uncommon for a home invader to set up. I and mean, if, if they know that the police aren't coming to to be in there to hold your family hostage and you can let your imagination run of the things that that home invaders want to do because it's a power trip. When they invade your home, they want you to be home. They're not there just to take the television set. They know you're there. They want you to be there. That's what makes them dangerous because you don't know what they want to do with you when they have you hostage there, okay? So our Extreme Home Defense Tactics Guide really covers that hardcore reality of what you need to know and 
kind of the dirty tricks that you need to be able to survive that type of a home invasion. All right, so go check it out over at homedefensetactics.com. And now it's time for you to sound off because I'd love to hear from you and your own feedback on things that Richard did right and those things that he could have done better as well. So make sure that you go on over to our blog and leave a comment there, okay? And until our next Modern Combat and Survival broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. Modern Combat and Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.